Welcome to episode 12 of the Canes Country Podcast. I'm certainly excited to record a podcast this evening. My name is Brett Finger, and I'm joined by Justin Lape and Kyle Morton. How are you guys doing tonight? Well, yeah, I'm definitely excited to, to talk some more about hockey, but it's also great that uh, my thunders start tonight, so I'm excited about that as well. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a big NBA fan. My favorite team is uh, uh, the... What's the one in Charlotte? Uh, I think I think they're called the Bobcats. The Bobcats. Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the one. I like that team. I think I think Dwight Howard, the being the elite player that he is, is going to lead them to greatness this year. Oh yeah. I mean, there's nothing like 2017 Dwight Howard. Yeah, he, elite guy. That's that's the guy you want on your team. But speaking of elite guys, uh, the Canes recently just faced off against the the most elite player in the league. Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers, and the Canes came out victorious, so that was nice. Uh, Brett, your thoughts? Well, I think that the big standout from that game was probably two things. One, Jacob Slavin, again, uh, as he did last year, absolutely shut down Connor McDavid. McDavid was held to one point, which was a secondary assist on a power play goal that Cam Ward should have covered in the crease, but missed it. That's okay. But yeah, he was absolutely phenomenal and to go on twitter and see a lot of national uh nhl people who cover cover the game raving about slavin uh it's it's good to see because he's he's definitely deserved it uh and his game in edmonton was one of his best best games of his career i thought that way about the minnesota game on opening night too but he was absolutely incredible given the competition against the oilers in that win and also uh, we're going to talk about this guy a little bit more later, but Cam Ward, 48 saves on 51 shots. Maybe it's resurgent Cam Ward is what we're seeing right now, Kyle. Uh, I'm sure you agree. It's resurgent goalie season. That's why we'll see Mike Smith between the pipes tonight. For the Calgary Flames, it's very exciting. Uh, you know, we, We've seen him a lot. Uh, but the Oilers game, I think that's a big win. Uh, you know, the Canes... Honestly, probably got badly outplayed given you know the the 51 to 21 disparity in shots on goal. But honestly, I don't care really because it's nice to finally be on the other side of one of those games. How many times have we seen the Canes brutally outshoot a team uh, and then get some poor goaltending and find a way to lose anyway? I mean, while yeah, it'd be nice for them to play a little better, control play a little more. Uh, I think you'll take those two points any day of the week. Yeah, for me, it was a great game. But I think uh, one of the most important things that the Kings have to stick with is good starts. And they definitely got a good start with the help of Tavo Teravainen. Uh, it was nice to get him see a pair of goals. I just wish he would shoot more sometimes. I I, I can tell you that I'm just saying this out of my, uh, you know what. But, you know, I'm just, I, I think that he is a gifted weapon. He just needs to shoot more. But yeah, that 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 was nice. Uh, Slavin cutting off passing lanes, you know, breaking up plays that McDavid was involved with. I mean, it was good to see him get that recognition. He is one of the better young defensemen in the league, without a doubt. And that's not a homer's view. That's just a fact. Um, and third of all, I I really liked Cam Ward. Um, he did a great job. Uh, yeah, you know, there's some squeakers that kind of got in there, um, but 48 saves, you know, is is definitely the most you can ask out of your backup goalie and you'll take that any day of the week especially a backup goalie named cam ward yeah that that's that's asking a lot a lot so do you guys remember in cam ward's first game as a backup goalie 
who he stopped in that shootout. Do you guys remember? Have you heard about that? Um, I think it was Ziggy Palfy. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> it was Ziggy Palfy, one of the, the best hockey players of all time. Lemieux and Crosby. I don't know who you're talking about. I just remember Palfy. That's, that's fair. <laughs> I can't I think there was, Yeah, I mean, let's let's not forget backup Cam Ward. He was the better Cam Ward. So who knows? Maybe he'll, he'll channer his inner 22-year-old through the rest of the season. <laughs> When the Hurricanes make the playoffs and Scott Darling gets the flu, I think we're going to be in pretty good hands. I mean, as a as a present twenty two year old, I don't I don't want Cam Ward to be channeling an inner twenty two year old. I don't think that would be good for the team. I don't know what you're talking about. I guess now you're just looking at how often is he going to play? Um, if he if he pulls up forty eight save, you know, wins or something of that nature. Forty eight wins. No, no, no. 48 wins from him would be wonderful, but I think you're living in a dream world if that's, if that's even close to a possibility. Um, but no, I think I think you just kind of look at Peters and what he's going to do with him moving forward. Um, how many games will Darling get? How many games will Ward get? What do you think, Brett? I was actually, before, before you brought that up, I had a, a fun idea for an over-under real quick. Over-under 48, since 48's the number here, 48 games that Cam Ward plays in in the entirety of the rest of his career in Carolina. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over. I think uh, well, he probably has another two years left in him. Maybe maybe even one more. I don't know. I, I, I will take the over there. See, that's an interesting question because he's up he's up at the end of the year. Exactly. So let's say... Let's say he plays 25 games and posts a 9.15 save percentage this year, which the Canes would take to the bank and run with. <laughs> would this front office pay for that? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not so sure. Would you have, I mean, would, would they pay another $2.5 for two more years for that as a backup? I'm sure they would. Y- but don't yes. you think there might be a team out there that would pay three, maybe three and a half million for that and maybe hope to get a resurgent Cam Ward as a starter. No, no, I don't think that if if I think the NHL loves their narratives of formerly successful players regaining their success. Just look (laughs) at Dan Girardi's contract. (laughs) You think I'm kidding, but I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I think there's a team that out there that if Cam Ward has a good year as a backup this year, they might pay for that as a maybe not a full time starter, but as a as a timeshare guy playing forty games. We'll look at the resurgent Eric Stahl as an example as well. Yeah. Um, no, I honestly Nadelkovich isn't ready. Booth isn't ready. I think they would at least give him one more year just for a uh, kind of farewell tour, to say the least. See, I if if he was to have a good year, and for Cam Ward, I describe a good year as. You know, he, he gets into 20 to 30 games, probably closer to 20, posts around a 9-10, maybe a 9-15, like Kyle said. And if he was to accomplish that, I think the team would, would have no problem with giving him another one-year deal or two-year deal. But yeah, I don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if another team would try to outbid the Hurricanes on Cam Ward. And even if they did, would Cam Ward bite? For it? I don't know if he would because would he rather be a backup here or would he rather be a backup slash 1B maybe 
for another team. And if you're looking for Cam Ward to be your 1B, that team is probably not going to be very good. I have a dream scenario. I have a dream scenario. Ready? Do you remember, I believe it was in 2013, 2014. Tomas Hurdle is a rookie in the NHL. <laughs> the San Jose Sharks traveled to, or the New York Ranger, Rangers traveled to visit the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> Marty Buran is starting in goal oh, for the New York Rangers. Oh, no. The San Jose Sharks put up eight goals. Tomas Hurdle scores four of them. The fourth goal is a between the legs breakaway over the roof or over the shoulder. After that game, Marty Baron almost immediately retires. <laughs> Here's my dream scenario. That the Canes do that to Mike Smith tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Who scores the in between the legs goal though? Uh Marcus Kruger? Joris. Josh Joris. Ah, Josh okay, Joris. So he, he's gonna Okay, but here, hang on. The Flames scramble to find a goalie to pair with Eddie Lack for the rest oh, of the year. No, but stop. No, stop it. Stop it. No. <laughs> can't find one. Oh, so they go gosh. into the office with Eddie Lack having had a pretty good year, but they, they want a veteran to pair with Eddie Lack. <laughs> yeah. Well, hitting the free agent market is Cam Ward. Where is Cam Ward from, you ask? Well, He's from the province of Alberta, and I know he's from closer to Edmonton than Calgary, but Alberta is Alberta, and I don't, I don't believe there to be much difference between Alberta point A and Alberta point B. Cam Ward goes home. He reunites with Eddie Lack. They form a great tandem, and they lead Calgary to a wild card berth. Oh, gosh. I would like I... to move as far away from this topic as possible now. The, wait, 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 wait. Can we just continuously – can we just say that – can we get rid of this – this whole hometown hero narrative every time they play Edmonton. It's it's funny because Cam Ward is from two places. I don't know if <laughs> he's it from Edmonton but, and Sherwood Park. <laughs> but when they when they played a preseason game against the Oilers in Saskatoon, Cam Ward was the hometown boy getting to play in Saskatoon where he's from. And then when he goes to Edmonton where he's from Sherwood Park, he's also the hometown boy. He's from Sherwood Park and Saskatoon. Well, I, I don't know if you knew that, but it, both are true. Both well, we both we both true. Of them. And now I have a theory. So, Lorette Brassard, uh had a terrible game against Carolina. Um, what if he is no longer the backup there and Cam Ward goes to Edmonton? And apparently, whenever the Hurricanes play against the Oilers, it's a homecoming for Cam Ward. So, all 30 starts that he gets in Edmonton, it will be a big headline of hometown boy plays in blank town where he grew up. Because apparently that's how this thing's going. Or oh, we can just say every Canadian town is his hometown. That works too. He's that highly motivated too. to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs because he is from Ontario <laughs> and Saskatchewan <laughs> and Alberta and Quebec. Don't forget. I don't Quebec. know. There's probably an extremely simple explanation. Maybe he was born in one and raised in the other, but it's fun to imagine. I it's prefer fun this. I prefer our theories a little bit more. I, I I mean, I would really love the. The Ward Lack reunion. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what we're all wanting. Yeah, I think that was. I think that was. I think I'm seeing the future there. Honestly, L- look for the Canes to have a big night against Mike Smith tonight. He might. <laughs> he might not want to play hockey anymore after it. If you're right, Kyle, I will. I will pay you three hundred dollars. I'll take it. If if Mike Smith is <laughs> out after. of Calgary, <laughs> out of the league <laughs> tonight by the Hurricanes. Okay, I get a week. Like, like this, this is the performance that does it. 
but he doesn't necessarily retire for a week. I, I don't think Baron retired literally after the game. I think it took a couple days. I give days. you four days. Four See, oh, the, deal. <laughs> the best part about this is this podcast will post tomorrow after he gets after a shutout on. <laughs> so. That's right. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so that's going to be the best part. He's going to get a shutout, and we're going to give up six goals or eight goals. So, yeah. I love how, <laughs> A, how relevant this podcast is, and B, how great of a start we're off to. I mean, I mean, I love these theories. This is just Kane's conspiracy theories. We'll rename it. Anyway. I, can't, I like that we went this whole time without realizing that we're posting this after the Calgary game that's already happened. Well, this is all staying in. So I, even if I'm right, even if I'm right somehow, there's going to be no way to prove that we didn't record this like tomorrow that's, morning. That's my Okay, alley. well, it is currently 5.41 p.m. on the East <laughs> Coast, so... <laughs> Can confirm. Yeah, there you go. So you heard it here first, people, when Kyle's is right and Mike Smith ends up golfing, so... I, I, for one, would like to move on to a different topic that has nothing to do with Cam Ward, if that's okay with everybody. That works for me. That topic revolves around Jordan Stahl, who seems to have a lot of, you know, out-of-nowhere four-point nights or three-point nights. Uh, he did that against Edmonton. He had a goal and three assists. Kyle, I would kind of like to direct this towards you. Has his performance as a Hurricane over the past couple of years, including... Uh, against Edmonton, is he undoubtedly the the best center on the Carolina Hurricanes? I would say so. We, we saw a pretty good uptick in his offensive production and even strength last year. From that was a function of being consistently played with guys like Elias Lindholm and Sebastian Ajo and Tavo Teravine. And this has kind of been a theme throughout Stahl's career. Uh, in Pittsburgh, he was stuck behind Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, obviously. And as a result of that, he never really got the opportunity to play with. Uh, what few skilled wingers uh, the Pens threw out there at times. Uh, uh, infamously, his most common wingers as a Penguin were Matt Cook and Tyler Kennedy, and that uh, was not a, a pairing that was conducive to getting Jordan to put up, you know, high-end elite offensive production. And then, um, you know, it's been it's been up and down. The Nordstrom Stall Nestorsil line of two years ago uh, drove play very well and put up some points, but. Uh, all due respect to Nordstrom and Nestorship, they're not guys who are threats to put up 40 to 50 points in this league uh, the way that guys like Lindholm, Ajo, and Teravainen are. And when Stahl has those skill guys on his wing, that just accentuates his play-driving ability. So yeah, I think when you put Stahl with that kind of offensive talent, surely he's the best center on the team. And uh, I think you could make a case that he might even be a legitimate number one center. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Well, yeah, I don't I don't think it's a very tough argument here. I think Stahl is far and away the best centerman on this team, and he has been for a pretty good amount of time. The way that he drives possession and, and his responsibility as a two-way player and his ability to win face-offs, uh, his size, everything goes into that. And, you know, like Kyle said, when you put the pieces around him, you know, pieces that have talent, uh, not saying that Nestor Schill and Nordstrom don't have talent, but what about when he was paired with Nathan Gerby and Pat Dwyer? Would you would you say that he had sufficient talent around him then? Well, I don't think you can make any excuse for Jordan Stahl there because both of those players are proven offensive talents that are still kicking it around the NHL. But Aho and Lindholm have emerged in their roles 
as incredibly talented top six players. He's Jordan Saltz had the benefit of playing with both of those players and Tavo Teravainen at times as well. You know, ever since he's gotten that decent talent around him, he's proven that he can be a decent scorer. Now, does he have the best hands or the best offensive instincts? No, but the fact that he's so big and, you know, attracts so many other players to him to open up other players like he did with uh, Jacob Slavin's goal uh, against uh, Edmonton, those are things that I I think can be underrated with him sometimes, and you know what what he brings in really all aspects of the game is is much better than anyone on this team at the moment. And I think that definitely puts him in the conversation of being maybe not a legit one, but I think he's a really high end number two. If he had a little bit more offense in his game, I I think he would be a sure thing number one. Think Patrice Bergeron, for instance, he's a true number one. Um, and he has a little bit more offense than Jordan Stahl does. But that's definitely not knocking Jordan Stahl because I think he's one of the more wrongly criticized players in the league based on his contract and just the sheer point totals. He's definitely the best center on this team, and he's an incredibly talented and nearly elite center in the league. You know, it's it's funny that you use Patrice Bergeron as that offensive comparable because is I, I have a little statistic for you, <laughs> for, sure for, you the, for the for the listeners. Last year at even strength, Jordan Stahl put up 1.91 points per 60 minutes at five on five. Patrice Bergeron put up 1.51 points per 60 minutes at even strength. So that's that's 0.4 points per 60 minutes at even strength difference in favor of Jordan Stahl. I mean, that's just last year. And I certainly heed your point about Patrice Bergeron being a more offensively gifted player than Jordan Stahl. Uh, but the results for Stahl are starting to speak for themselves. You put you put him with those talented players and he'll produce just as well or better uh, than some of the elite two-way forwards in the game. Since I just got owned, I guess I should just retire from this podcast because that's a very good point. I, I That's a good point, Kyle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of points, which ties in perfectly to my point, uh, I don't think you need a first-line center that necessarily puts up 80, 90 points. Um, Like Brett mentioned earlier, a Patrice Bergeron-type player. um, I think that – I'm not saying that Jordan Stahl is Patrice Bergeron, but he is – I am saying that. (laughs) He He is is Patrice Bergeron. Jordan Stahl is better than Patrice Bergeron. No, no, no. no. He is Patrice Bergeron. He is Patrice Bergeron. No, and I think you can have that as a first-line center. Um, I just don't think, in my opinion, and this is a little bit off-topic, Victor Rask is it. Um, I think people can kind of look towards him as possibly being it. I think he can be a very good 2C, but I don't think he is a top center in this league. I would agree. I would also agree. And when I wrote, for SB Nation, I wrote a Hurricanes team preview. Um which team preview? Um, the Hurricanes. Oh, uh, that's the, that's Hur- not what I saw. That's not the what Hur- I saw. Yeah, there have been conflicting reports there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but basically it was just three questions surrounding the team. And one of my questions, which I had an answer to, was can Jordan Stahl be a bigger part of the offense? And, you know, just looking at, looking at the situation, I think it's pretty fair to think that he can get a career high in points this year. I think his previous high is 50, 51-ish. It's somewhere in that ballpark. But I think he's easily capable of getting over 50, 55 points and getting closer to 60. Yeah, I think he could get up to, to 90 this year, which would definitely be a career high. Maybe. He's on pace for 82. 
as of right now. Well, that's what he's going to get. So. Ovechkin's on pace for, what, 700 goals? <laughs> um, 69. Okay, well, nice. <laughs> I'm not contributing to this. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, would you like to contribute in another area? Um, I would. We could. Um, <laughs> I know that I could definitely contribute more than Brad Malone ever will. Oh, burn. I'm sorry. That was See, terrible. Justin, anyway. Justin Falk uh, put a pretty big hit on Brad Malone in Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, His revenge. You know who also lays big hits? Who? Zach Stortini. <laughs> oh, God. Zach Duke? <laughs> yes. Reed yes. Duke? Reed Duke. <laughs> Zach Duke is a... Former pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Well, he, he, I don't think he lays big hits. He, <laughs> he, big, he yeah. gives up big hits. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next topic, our two young guns that have been in and out of the lineup. Your thoughts, Kyle. Yeah, I think Josh Joris and Klaus Dahlbeck are two young guns. So. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. Stop that. <laughs> Please. Uh, no, no. But uh, uh, we're, of course, referring to to Mar- Martin Natchez and Yanni Kukinen. Martin Natchez. However you prefer to pronounce it. Um, it's totally Wokinen. Yeah, stay woke. Stay Wokinen. <laughs> stay Wokinen. Starting that, that's ours. Can't steal it. So, so yeah, those two guys, uh, both out of the lineup tonight against Calgary. Uh Quokinen was in for the first three games of the season, and Natchez drew in in Edmonton for his NHL debut. Tonight, Brock McGinn and Josh Joris uh, will both be shooting up for the first time this year. Uh, so I guess tonight's going to be a trial run to see how, how the forward and the lineups look without either of them in it. Uh, and I think it's, it's starting to be decision time, I think. You know, maybe you'd like to see a couple more games, maybe two more games for Natchez, uh, a couple more for, for Kukinen. Uh, and then and then you make a decision, but um, they seem... I think the team might be ready to send them back. Stempniak probably won't be out for too much longer. Uh, I mean, that, there's obviously a lot of mystery surrounding that injury, but I think I believe we were given a 7-10 to 10 days timeline from the beginning of the season, uh, back before the season started from Peter's. Uh, and we're we're starting to reach that point, obviously. Um, so yeah, maybe Stepniak comes back soon, and when he does, is is definitely decision time at that point for them. Uh, I personally would like to see them stick around longer. I think the speed and creativity they bring to this lineup up and down makes it a lot deeper uh, for the forward group. But I don't think it's going to make or break the season uh, to not have those guys for sure. And uh, Natchez had an, an all right debut in, in Edmonton, I thought. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is definitely a trial run because if if they come out and play their best team game of the year against Calgary with Netches and Quokinen not in the lineup, I think that might potentially lead to both of them being sent back down to Charlotte in Quokinen's case and uh, to be determined in Natchez's case. It's kind of surprising to see Quokinen not, ba- not back in the lineup because just a week ago it seemed like bill peters was talking about how he wanted to use him on the penalty kill and wanted to get him more ice time so it's, it'll be interesting to see where that goes and if that ultimately does end up happening but you know i think both of them have have impressed 
uh, with with what they can do offensively. I think they bring another dimension, uh, especially Neches with his speed and creativity. Of course, you take a hit uh, with some of the decision making that that he can make sometimes, and uh, the defensive play, of course, is a worry with Neches. So this is going to be a big one. I think I think this could have big implications moving forward for for both players based on how they play tonight without them. It could very well spell the end of both of their runs here. Yeah, I think uh, Yanni has played well. Um, I don't think he's NHL ready, however, and that, that's not to say that he won't ever be. I just think it's a little bit of a rush. Um, I would like to see him back in Charlotte. Currently, there's you know Shikley and Stortini in the lineup, and frankly, they shouldn't be in it. Um, I think that uh, having him back um, could add a boost down there, and I, I think it would allow him to develop a little bit more uh, instead of sitting in the press boxes. You know, the thirteen. You're just forward. selfish. You just oh really? Stop trying to take away our players. You just want you know what? to be good. I just like seeing the youth do well. Okay, okay. I like seeing the youth do well. He can do well in Carolina. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I just don't think he's ready, and I don't think having him in a, a third line role is just gonna help him flourish. Third line is the new second line. Second line's the new fourth line. No. No, never. First line's <laughs> the new first line. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Again, you already know how all of this turned out. You know how the team looked without these two guys. All of this is all really irrelevant. We, we're doing a very good show for you all, where we don't even acknowledge the the things we're talking about. You're gonna know about when you listen to this. But hey, just like in the rundown, we put looking ahead, flames, stars. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just we're so you know, best. flames already happened. Um, hopefully, we did well. I hope we got a win. We we know what happened. We, we yeah we Mike know we know what happened. Mike Smith is is done in the NHL. I think they're gonna win. Make a prediction. Give me a uh, score. I'll take two nothing Canes. Nine two Canes. Um, Eddie Lack scores one of the Flames goals <laughs> in relief of Mike Smith. After Mike Smith gets pulled, he retires during the <laughs> second intermission. I owe Kyle three hundred dollars. I say the Hurricanes are gonna win. And I think they're going to win four to four to one. Two one Calgary. Serious prediction. Two one Calgary. That defense is going to be a tough nut to crack. And I think the Canes took some skill out of the lineup. Uh, with I just think that I think the decision to keep Natchez and Kukunen out of the lineup in favor of McGinn and Joris kind of takes some skill out of the lineup. And I think this is a defense where you're going to need as much skill on the ice as you can get to try to break it. And we saw what happened in Winnipeg. Winnipeg, not a particularly strong defensive team, but they sure played a strong defensive game, and the Canes had no idea how to handle it. I, I foresee better from Calgary. Uh, two to one, Flames. Maybe I'm being a little optimistic. Um, perhaps I'm being a homer. I don't know. I, I, I feel good. I feel good about the game. I think they're going to win. Scott Darling gets his first shutout as a Carolina Hurricane. Mark it down. There's really no way of proving, like Kyle said earlier, there's no way hey, of proving it's, that. It's 6.09 p.m. on October 19th. There you go. This isn't proven. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I guess. I'm, I'm so sorry. Okay, here, here. The internet's a mystery. Hang on. I, I'm going to prove once and for all. Okay, the current main story on CNN.com. <laughs> I can't say it because we can't do politics here. Political jabs. All right, we'll try ESPN. No problem. <laughs> yeah, that might be a little bit better. Matthew Barry's love-hate for Week 7. There we go. That's the front story on ESPN.com right now. Yeah, go look now, people listening. You're probably listening 
months down the road and this means nothing to you. But you know what? <laughs> By this point, we're in the playoffs. Woo! <laughs> no, just By this point in the podcast, I don't think anyone's listening anymore. <laughs> yeah. So let's just move ahead and we'll go ahead and talk about the Dallas Stars and the Tampa Bay Lightning who are up next after the Flames and after we beat the Flames. So, so Dallas, scared? Worried? Um, with their with their defense, no. Every team in the league worries me. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. There's the podcast. That's all we needed. <laughs> the most relevant <laughs> statement of this entire podcast. <laughs> Every team in the league worries me. No, but Carolina has historically had a rough time with Dallas. Jacob Slavin did score his first NHL goal in Dallas, uh, which is something. Ron Hainsey. Do you remember what happened in that game? Do you remember that game? I believe the Hurricanes were down four to nothing in the first period. Yeah, and they came I, back. Camp Ward had given up four goals on six or seven shots at that point. Well, clearly, it's time to put Cam Ward back in the net for Dallas to, for the Dallas game. <laughs> He's due. He's due. Hometown He'll get boy his... returns to Dallas. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's from everywhere. Well. <laughs> See, that's what we in the comedy business like to call a callback. <laughs> I didn't know you were in the comedy business. Cam Ward's in the comedy business for the wrong reason. Yes. <laughs> His production is laughable. Dallas, you know, they they have the offensive weapons still, of course, with Sagan and Ben at the top of the lineup. Uh, Radulov's there now. If Is he healthy? Is Radulov healthy? Yes, he has yes, three he points is. in six games. All right. And Ben Bishop's back, so that kind of throws a wrench into, into it a little bit, too. If Letnin was in there... There would be a much better chance based on how he played. But, you know, the defense isn't particularly scary with Dallas, and maybe the Hurricanes will finally get a win in Dallas. So a team that the Hurricanes have way more success against, the Tampa Bay Lightning, will be up next in Raleigh on Tuesday. Uh, Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov, as of this recording, have... <laughs> have um, <laughs> 12 points each in every single game they've played both of them they both have point streaks that are last the duration of the season they're playing together and they're a lot of fun to watch and they're also very good at hockey and they're going to be tough to stop on tuesday yeah i mean that that kucherov goal his his third one against da- or excuse me detroit that was that was beautiful i i think i almost cried watching that highlight you know having stamkos and kucherov on the ice at the same time shouldn't be allowed for starters that they're just so dangerous. Tampa is they should be a favorite to go a long way in the playoffs and how they didn't make the playoffs last year was an anomaly, an injury based anomaly. But yeah, Tampa's incredible and they're proving that so far this year. Another incredible team sure from that division also sure seems to be the Toronto Maple Leafs who they won again last night. The last night referring to Wednesday. Uh was it last night? They won recently. Yes. <laughs> they, they are very good. They are they won recently. They beat Toronto last night, and before that, they beat the Capitals. They shut out the Capitals, the Capitals who have been scoring quite a lot with Alex Ovechkin leading the way. Last night, they scored goals on their first four shots, and then they ended up beating Detroit 6-3. to three. Uh, I think last episode, I kind of talked about how they were breaking hockey with how many goals they were expected to score per game, and they really haven't let up. They're still filling the net like crazy. Uh, they're still looking like the class of the Eastern Conference, at least for now, uh, trailed by Columbus and New Jersey right on their tails. But as as expected, yeah, D- yeah, New Jersey. Everyone knew that was going to be good. Very normal hockey season so far. The Devils are scoring a lot of goals. That's all what we expected. We get it. But do you guys think Toronto can keep it up as the best team in the East? 
<laughs> That's tough. I think that they won't keep it up as the best team in the East. I think they'll be one of the better teams in the East. I I mean, obviously you like their firepower, but it's their defense that's still a little suspect to me. Um, I know their goals goals against average is still pretty high. I saw some fun fact that and it, there's only like two teams with a goals against average above three that have made to it. To win 50 games, yeah. Yeah, to win 50 games. So I, I see them as one of the better teams. I think they will probably gain one of those spots in the Atlantic. But, yeah, I don't know about number one. I think they're definitely a top four or five team in the East, I think. Also, that Tampa Bay is probably going to finish ahead of them when it's all said and done. Like Justin said, I think the defense and the, not necessarily the goaltending, because Frederick Anderson's a good goalie, but the defense and their ability to keep the puck out of the net has been suspect at times. However, they've proven that they could score their way out of those problems. I don't know if, you know, if that's going to be sustainable for the entire year, but I think it's puts them in a really good situation come playoff time. I think they're going to be a top half of the Eastern Conference playoff team list type of team. A couple teams who aren't in a good situation when it comes to the playoffs right now that, frankly, most people thought would be. Uh, two of the bigger name, bigger name brand, bigger city teams in the Eastern Conference, the New York Rangers and Montreal Canadiens, uh, struggling hard. Uh, both are 1-5-1 and one with three points apiece, tied for last uh, in the Eastern Conference, Montreal currently sport, sporting a negative 16 goal differential in the Rangers. Uh, not quite as bad, but pretty bad at negative nine. Uh, do you guys think either of these teams can dig their way out of that, or uh, is is that too too much too early? Um, well, I think the Rangers, I expect them to be bad. I do. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of regression. I don't think they're a playoff team. Um, and you know, they've obviously had a, a few good runs with Lundqvist and Nett, but the team around him isn't the same. Uh, and I think that the Metropolitan is just so competitive that it's going to be hard for them to dig themselves out of a hole, even just seven games into the season. But I, I don't see them as one of the better teams uh, finishing up this year. And as for Montreal, it, it's surprising uh, for me, I think, especially with Carey Price and Nett. Uh, but, I you know, they, they just can't hold on to leads. I saw them blow the lead against Chicago. Uh, and it's, it's just a matter of keeping those leads, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think Montreal might be able to dig themselves out of a hole, but, and finish as a better team than the Rangers, but I, I don't see either of these teams, uh, you know, being a top team in the Eastern conference. Yeah. Montreal problem starts and ends with Carey Price, I guess, because he's the guy who's relied on to carry that team. But, uh, captain Max Pacioretty, 1.7 games. That's tough. I mean, We've seen the Canes dig their way into, into, into holes like this early in the season and then not be able to dig their way out despite some strong follow-up performances. Um, I guess it's going to come down to whether or not those teams can have stronger follow-up performances than the Canes teams in similar holes did. I said Montreal was going to make the playoffs. I still think they're too talented to miss out on it completely, although their blue line is definitely lacking some puck movement and their scorers aren't really scoring. The Rangers, I, I predicted them to be a four or five seed in the in the Metro. Or I'm sorry, a five or a six seed in the Metro. So I I still think that they can bounce back, the Rangers at least. Um, I think that both teams absolutely could bounce back. We've seen them in the past go on you know long tirades on a lot of wins. This year might be different. I still think that... If, especially in New York's case, if this continues much longer, some heads will roll. So Elaine Vigneault is definitely the 
biggest hot seat coach, I think, in the league right now. So, yeah, I think in both cases, changes will have to be made very soon if, if these teams can continue to not be able to score. I mean, even on the Western Conference road trip that Montreal is on, they lost 5-2 to two against San Jose and 5-1 to one against L.A. So neither, neither of those games were really competitive. And I think it was the, the first Sunday of, of the NHL season, I remember watching the New York Rangers and Montreal Canadiens play. And I remember being horribly bored watching those two teams play hockey. Just There's no offensive energy with either of those teams right now. New York won that game 2-0, by the way. But again, I still think there's enough time for them to bounce back, but they better start doing it soon. Yeah, it's just weird to see teams, you know, the Henrik Lundqvist team and the Carey Price team so buried so early. Uh, normally, that's not, nor, you know, normally you're having your quote-unquote supposedly elite goaltender is like a guarantee that you don't get off that sort of a start. Like, you know, if your skaters come out of the gates rusty, that you'll have the goaltending to bail you out of it. And Lundqvist obviously getting up there in age, so you don't really expect that as much out of him anymore. But Price is still in that sweet spot age-wise where he should be elite, and he certainly has the talent to do it. Uh, I wouldn't call it anything more than a drought or a dry spell for him right now, but uh, he's got to find a way to get out of it quick. Cam Ward has a better save percentage than Carey Price and Hendrick Lundqvist. Combined. Combined. Well, <laughs> maybe not. On base plus slugging percentage. <laughs> Combined. Combined. <laughs> Those are some surprising, you know, struggling teams early on, but there's a couple teams that are also surprisingly good. Well, it's a surprise for a lot of people. It's not really a surprise for me that the Vegas Golden Knights are off to a great start. Uh, five and one in their first six games. Rather impressive. You know, it looks like a lot of players on that team are motivated to do well and prove a lot of people wrong. Certainly doesn't look like they're going to finish last in the league, but I guess that's that remains to be seen. And also the New Jersey Devils, who uh, very uncharacteristically have been scoring a lot of goals uh, early on in the year. Kyle, how do you feel about these two teams? Well, I wouldn't get too ahead of yourself with Vegas because they are, unfortunately for you, 26th in the league in expected goals share. Is that 31st, though? <laughs> I'm sorry, 27th. I forgot there's 31 teams now. They're fifth from the bottom, which means <laughs> they're 27th. Uh, and you know, they're a little better by Corsi, but the expected goals, they're, they're getting pretty hammered there. Uh, so, I, I mean, it's a nice start, but it's, it's, it's shooting percentage. It's smoke and mirrors. It'll fade. Uh, I, hope they, I hope your Disney movie only has the first six games of the season in it, or else it won't be a very fun movie. Uh, but the devil's definitely a surprise. Uh, Will Butcher, talk about... Yeah. Talk about not really coming out of nowhere, but kind of coming out of nowhere. College free agent who was drafted by Colorado chose not to go there or not sign there. Goes on a tour of a bunch of teams. Uh, Buffalo is pretty confident they're going to get him. Last team he visits is New Jersey. Where does he sign? New Jersey. He has nine assists already. Uh, Nico Hichier seems to be the dynamic uh, playmaking center that they drafted him first overall to be. And all of a sudden, the Devils are fun to watch again. Uh, I'm not sure if they'll keep winning at the clip they're winning at, but uh, they're certainly going to be more of a, a threat to contend with than we realized, I think, at the beginning of the season for the for the Canes. You know what? This is why I love the early part of the season. I don't know if you guys remember. I think it was about two seasons ago. Uh, Bill Simmons tweeted out about the Montreal Canadiens, 
and when they yes. were on their hot yes. streak just and said, them. no one will just give them the cup now. Uh, that's why I'll reserve a lot of the judgments. I, I I like the Vegas is doing well. It's hard not to like them. You know, they are the underdogs of the league. Um, yes, Brett, they could still be the worst team in the league. Um, we've seen teams lose 14 in a row. If you remember the Canes, what, what was that, like five, six years ago or something? I don't they know. They broke it with a win against the Minnesota Wild. I remember yeah, that. it was terrible. It was a terrible time. But, um, yeah, no, it, it's good to see that. But Devils, you, you look at them on paper and you're like, uh, you know, they're interesting, but you didn't think they were going to win at this pace. Uh, but you, you obviously like Corey Snyder in that. Uh, yeah, but they're two big surprises, and especially, you know, with Montreal and the Rangers doing so bad, uh, you didn't really expect that. But Devils in Vegas, yeah. Keep it coming, I guess. <laughs> Except Devils. <laughs> Vegas will. Without a doubt. Uh, yeah. Maybe some doubt. I just, I like, I mean, the fact that Marc-Andre Fleury is now out and Malcolm Subban, I just love seeing him play. And I, I, I just don't think that they're going to be anywhere close to a playoff team. Malcolm Subban beat the Boston Bruins. so. I know. That was, that was some sweet homecoming. And he almost had the shutout, but what was it, like, there was like 30 seconds left or something like that. It was and he, late. Yeah, it was late. He, he, and I bet he was upset about that. But yeah, it was good to see him get the win, though. Oh, and yeah, Tuka Rask is hurt now. Isn't that right? He doesn't have a concussion. I mean, doesn't everybody have a concussion? Trevor Van Riesdyk has a concussion. That's pretty much everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. basically. So yeah, just think of that. Think about that. You know, now that Subban's in Vegas. So. Maybe Hudobin will win a Vezina this year. Who knows? Who knows? At 4:48, announced that goaltender Tuukka Rask has incurred a concussion during yesterday's practice is out indefinitely. Okay. So that's another team you can see just go woo, woo. <laughs> yeah. I think it's time to end the show. I think it is. You think so? What do you say, guys? Call it. Call the night. I think we should talk about Cam Ward a little bit more first. No, <laughs> no, I, I, I think we're good. I think we should predict every score. Every game for the rest of the year. I think what we should do, Brett, is we should all we should all predict every possible score for a hockey game, basically, and then and then tomorrow you could edit in the right one. So we all get it right. Yeah. <laughs> we have to go all the way up to like ten, just in case. <laughs> ten to eight. <laughs> so so Justin predicted two nothing. I predicted four to two. I I I predicted four one, and then Kyle predicted a two one loss. Correct? Two one. Yeah. Is that in regulation? Two one loss? Really? He hates the hurricane. I yeah. thought you said two one win. I like Calgary's defense. All right. I like our defense more. They don't have Jacob Slavin. There you have it. Kyle Morin hates the Carolina Hurricanes. You're late on this. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I actually had the Hurricanes higher in the standings than either of you. So, who hates oh. the Canes now? <laughs> you do. You're turning you. back on what you said. <laughs> I didn't say they weren't going to lose any games. Sure. I'm sure I could find something that proves you wrong there. Right now, hashtag unpleasant soap fragrances is twending, tr- uh, trending Twin- on Twitter. Twinning. <laughs> Twinning on Twitter. <laughs> Twinning on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> we need to end this podcast right now, I think. <laughs> lead us out. <laughs> Try your best to lead us out. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. All right. <clears throat> twending on Twitter. <laughs> twending on Twitter. <laughs> and next up is our twending talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, all right. But 
we are actually going to go watch our team beat the Calgary Flames, and you will already know the score of that game uh, and how wrong we are. But thank you for joining us for episode 12 of the Canes Country Podcast. My name is Justin Lape. You can follow me at Lanky Lape on Twitter. My name is Kyle Morton. You can follow me at K underscore Morton 9. And you can follow me on Twitter at Brett's Finger, B-R-E-T-T-F-I-N-G-E-R. And, of course, you can find all of the great uh, Carolina Hurricanes content that we and our friends slash co-writers on the site. Uh, some are friends. Some are co-writers. Some are enemies. But, you know, we like to keep our cards close to the vest. And you can find those guys at uh, canescountry.com. Yeah, go there. Uh, yeah, hopefully the Canes have a good week. Hope you guys have a good week. Join us next week for episode number 13, Ray Whitney. Yes. Don't you mean, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>